0: That. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad man. I'm a black man in white world. I'm a black man
1: in white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your
2: way. Well, hello and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. College sports today is making more money than ever, but with things like NIL or pay-for-play coming soon and the rising cost of travel, budgets are getting tighter and tighter and the the changes that I've always spoke about, things are being cut, teams are being cut, but here next I'm going to talk with somebody about about something that's being added here on the JB's Low-Tech Podcast. When you need someone
0: to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. In a world filled with distractions, one law firm stands tall, fighting for justice. Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. We take our mission very seriously. Our firm is dedicated to representing those who have suffered due to the fault of others, especially when they're distracted by their phones. Four Seconds. That's all it takes to travel the length of a football field. But those same four seconds can change lives forever. Don't be the person who causes irreversible damage to others or yourself. Put your phone down when you're behind the wheel and be aware of your surroundings. Bradshaw and Bryant have championed the rights of the injured for over three decades. We excel at what we do. Bradshaw and Bryant is ready to fight for you.
1: Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com.
0: Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. Everything you be give right. everything was put back in the end
2: your head straight he in the system trying to fight through a fair case see he fell victim and every day it get trickier trying to change his position to get him up there predicament still treating us like slaves the... and we're back that was a young artist named jai Aman- amani who just happens to be my nephew so uh he's trying to climb up the rat gang before we start talking about Esports and games with today's guests. I just want to reach in the old mailbag real quick and uh, read one email from Paul Wykor. He uh, works in Minneapolis. And his comment goes back to the last episode where I had some comments about Lou Holtz. Uh, LOL, Lou Holtz. I have nothing but disgust for the man. He kind of wrapped up my feelings in that message also. Thanks, Paul. Again, if you know me, hit me in my email or text me. If not, uh, you can like the episode, and then I believe you'll be able to reach me. So let's keep that uh, mailbag going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Uh, as I stated in my opening, the University of Minnesota was adding something new in its athletic department, and it's eSports. And I'm here with the czar of Minnesota eSports, because <laughs> I didn't know what your exact title was, so I'm just calling you czar, um, <laughs> is Doug Goon. How you doing, Doug?
1: I'm doing just dandy. Thanks for having me on the show,
2: JB. <laughs> well, i i saw I saw the 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 posting about East Gopher Esports, and I was like, I and then I saw that you were connected with it, and I was like, I got to have you on. So that's why I kept bugging you and bugging you until I got you on.
1: Well, it was worth it because here I am, and I'm happy to I'm happy to talk about esports okay. in any capacity.
2: <laughs> well, I I got several questions, which will probably lead to several more questions. So, uh, let's start here. Uh, how did you get involved, and what is your official title at the university and also with esports?
1: Sure. So, first part of the question, I got involved maybe about. 2018, 2019, when my AD at the time just heard a lot of talk at the Big Ten level about eSports, figured we ought to start paying attention. So it was a lot of lot of learning, JB, and talking and listening to students to understand what is eSports and what is really going on behind the scenes. And so that's where it all began since then. We've hosted big 700 student events at the football stadium. We've stood up a room for students to practice and compete, and we've kind of taken the next big step as a university in developing an esports program. Uh, my official title with the U is Assistant AD for Information Technology. And to be honest with you, uh, I just refer to myself as the Gopher esports program lead. There are a lot of schools that they'll say, oh, I'm an esports director or this and that. But you know what? I'm I'm leading the program and, and that's all I need.
2: Well, it's interesting because um, when I saw that and I saw the group that you have assembled, it made me... Uh, First thing in my head was how does a team get selected?
1: Sure. Great question. So the team gets selected based on skill or talent, just like your traditional sports, you know, take your pick. The differences between traditional sports and esports are not that great. Uh, so I've learned. Yeah, you're sitting in front of a screen and you're you have a controller in your hand, and you're not moving your body but it's all about strategy and teamwork and game plan and watching film and coaching. So there's a lot of similarities, uh, between traditional sports and esports. the selection process for that team. I've known those students now for some of them, three going on four years. Um, I've been working with them a long time and we maybe have five students at the university of, you know, 60, 70,000 enrolled people who can play at the level that those five students can. And so it's a pretty simple decision when the talent is so high with that crew.
2: So uh, were there a lot of applicants and uh, was the process of selecting hard or was it pretty easy?
1: There are a lot of applicants, but. <laughs> um, E, our esports club has over 2,000 students. And when you see all the cool go for Nike gear and the special treatment that mm-hmm. athletics gives, what student wouldn't want that? So all the students want in, and it's a long process. It's a lot of work to achieve what these you know, five competitors have achieved. What's really um entailed in the selection process is just like your standard combines tryouts where you're mixing and matching different players, seeing who has good T who gels well as a team and who communicates well, who, who doesn't communicate well, who should you not pair together. And so while we have that varsity team of five athletes that you saw JB, Mm -hmm. there's also five other, uh, undergrad teams or, you know, lower teams underneath it that are, grinding away in hopes that they can be those five someday
2: wow and um and these are and you have to be a a full-time u of m student i take it
1: correct in order to compete in esports a lot of these governing bodies require and check so that you know you can't just get a a professional ringer so to speak
2: (laughs) right (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've, you know, you see other other entities like the Vikings have a esports team, and I think the Wolves do, also. But um, when you uh, when you made that posting, it was like the first time that I actually either saw or paid attention to the fact that it was happening at the college level. So
1: um, it is, yeah. And and one quick note on that: um, this year's big, JB. I actually approached the conference and had a had a real serious talk to see if they would sanction esports just like football, baseball, basketball, what have you. And we ultimately ran out of time. There were bigger fish to fry with the BTN deal and whatnot. But all you know, what is it? 16 schools? I can't even keep tap- uh, keep up. The conference keeps expanding <laughs> it's, it's every day. Eight, it's
2: 18 now. 18 <laughs> with rumors of. With rumors of two more to come. (laughs)
1: Goodness (laughs) gracious. Make it stop. (laughs) Yeah,
2: a lot of people are saying
1: that. So anyway, we together, us Big Ten schools, Mm -hmm. just said, you know what, Big Ten Conference, if you're not going to step up here, we're going to show you how it's done. We're going to do a proof of concept, and we're going to get the money flowing so that it's too difficult for you to say no. You're gonna you're gonna be begging to get into this. So we created the B E C, the Big Esports Conference, and it's got all Big Ten schools in it, ready to participate in Rocket League, uh, Overwatch, Valorant. I think it starts uh, the beginning of October, and that's special because the conference is looking on. We're gonna revisit discussion in the spring, and if we are successful. Uh, we might be the ber- the first you know major conference to stand up eSports uh, you know, on the level legitimately.
2: Well, now is this considered a varsity team or is it a club?
1: It's not considered a varsity team. So it it's uh, as you may know, it falls under a higher level of scrutiny when it becomes a varsity team. And so for now it's just kind of a, a club team
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah a lot of scrutiny ncaa uh <laughs> rules and all that stuff so is there yes a, so there's nothing at the ncaa level either
1: correct the ncaa did a study maybe 2015 16 17 ish to decide should we get into the youth sports and ultimately and thankfully they decided they were a uh, not the appropriate governing body. They had so many other things to deal with. Right. And so it really created kind of a wild west for all of these orgs to try and grab schools. Hey, come join my league. I'm gonna be the NCAA of esports, right? And and no one has really emerged because each game is different.
2: Right. Well and the other thing you would have to face is um and I noticed there was a young lady you on your squad but uh you would also have to deal with things like title nine so mm-hmm. and that is <laughs> as as you well know and uh, my time there i well know is uh very heavy-handed when it comes to things so you know you you have to fall <laughs> under compliance which would probably force you to have a male and a female team if that ever came about
1: yep and that would no doubt be challenging. I think the eSports gamers are divided. It's probably, you know, heavier, more on the male side than female. But that number is leveling, right? I look at right. my, my kids. I look at this ge- next generation of youth being raised on the screen, being taught on the screen, and, you know, there's weird stats out there saying like 80 to 90 percent of Humans out there, male, female, will do some sort of video game, whether it's a basic phone thing or a full-fledged console or computer game. And so I think that trend will go away. It will just take time.
2: Well, I have to be honest with you. I never got past a (laughs) Tory. (laughs) So all all this is uh, a foreign language to me. So you had your tryouts. You pick your squad. You have what we would call your... Junior varsity, and uh, I saw the photos. They were in uh, Gopher apparel and decked out, and so um, and you have a conference. How many schools are in the the B E C?
1: So we have total participation from all Big Ten schools, which okay. is good. Yeah, not a, not every school has enough students who want to compete at a high level to field teams for each game title. And that's okay. For example, Minnesota is going to put forth a rocket league team. That's the five that you saw in the picture. And then we're also going to put forth an overwatch team, but we won't have a Valorant team that we're going to compete in the BEC. So it really depends on does the school have students to roster a team?
2: So if you if you had gotten support from the, the the conference, would you see someday or maybe you still even see someday where events would be televised?
1: Well, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility, right? I see the connection between the conference and the network, the BTN network. All of the schools, right that I'm talking about, have infrastructure in place so that mm-hmm. we could do local esports events and shoot it right back to Chicago. it will be real easy for the network, for the conference. The rub is esports as it's consumed now by, I would say, the most common viewers that view it is already done on the screen, on mobile, on PC, tablet, what have you. Television is not really the primary source for consuming esports. Now, no doubt that's that's king still, right? You're gonna right. have the the widest audience. So we have to strive for that. But as far as again, today's viewers, the youth, they're not really watching, you know, Xfinity cable TV or what have you. They're they're tuning in to Twitch and watching right. on their phones and, and that's how they're consuming esports. So uh, definitely want it to be a major goal of ours, but it's def it's not the highest priority because we're still getting esports out there.
2: <clears throat> so, what type of numbers are they drawing on, like YouTube or Twitch or other forms of, you know, video
1: internet? It depends on the event, right? Uh, the smaller collegiate events, you know, what's going to be between five thousand to ten thousand. Some of the major. Worldwide championship events, ones that you know you have the Asians and the Europe's watching too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of viewers, and in particular, uh, the Dota 2 is the game, but that championship, the international, that prize pool has exceeded the Masters. And so, you're starting to see wow. esports prize pools exceed that of traditional sports and whenever that type of money comes into play people are going to start taking it seriously
2: so how are games selected for competitions
1: well i think for our school again it comes down to do we have the students who want to play i think for a competition if you're referring to an event itself Mm -hmm. uh for example, we're going to the MNSU Rockstar Invitational in October down in, in Mankato. And how they selected their games is based on well, what teams do they have to compete in it? What what is going to draw the largest amount of participants based on you know being a, a lower city in, in Minnesota here in the Midwest. And so it just depends on where you are geographically, what's popular, and, and what students you have. Now, I will say one of the big hurdles or obstacles with eSports is still the game publishers, right? Mm-hmm. So by that, I mean nobody owns the game of football. You right. can go out and hold a basketball contest, football contest, and nobody can say otherwise. With eSports, there's always a company who – Is the manufacturer who's the overarching governing, you know, they want their piece of the pie too. And how that hurts is it really limits the growth in this booming industry, which, you know, there's not always tons of revenue for small programs like in the collegiate space. And so to hamstring us from that high up is an obstacle that many of us are feeling.
2: (laughs) Right. But you would think that those companies would give their games for the free publicity that they would garner uh, to have then have the people who watch these events to then go out and purchase for their home use. But I guess, is that not lucrative enough for them? Or
1: You know, it's that would make sense to me, too. I'm not a, a video game exec, but. You know, I'm sitting here watching Rocket League as I'm talking to you and I'm thinking about this game that's five years old, right? And right. and you you can get this game for free. Okay. So it begs the question, how do they, uh, psionics is the owner of the game, how do they stay in business then if they don't do what they're doing? And I don't really have the answer to that. I just, again, I'm feeling the pain mm-hmm. as we're trying to host cool events for students and it seems like, you know, big greedy corporate saying, no, I, not until I get my piece of the pie.
2: So you mentioned that there was 700. So you had 700 students sitting there watching your team compete, just like if they were there to watch the football team compete.
1: Uh, not quite. So the okay. event that I mentioned that had 700 students was actually a LAN event. So that's where everyone brings their computer And competes in person with their team side by side against other teams, usually in like a double elimination until, you know, winner takes all. There may be some prizing, some rewards, but those events are cool again, because then you can broadcast from the event, which we did. We had a stream up on Mm gophersports.com. I hosted a little panel that had the CEO of version one. That's the Minnesota Vikings esports group. Um, uh, The guys from Misfits Gaming and then another, basically me, from Concordia St. Paul, uh, the the esports director there, Tyler Tyler Polly. And so that event was more of a, hey, students, show up and you can compete and participate, grab some food. It wasn't a, hey, let's watch the team compete.
2: Okay. But was there any screening on the big jumbotrons in the stadium or...
1: Not in the bowl, no, because we were in the indoor, um, the Cambria club. Any thoughts of that? Getting to that direction? You know, maybe someday, but again, it it would have to be a monster, monster event that a student would much rather sit next to their peer and enjoy live and in person. And those are becoming rarer and rarer these days. When you sit here and you can just be on your phone and just sit, sit from the right. comfort of your couch and watch it with a thing of popcorn.
2: Yeah. Well, there is a thing that uh, even the NFL is fighting against where TV has made it so great to sit at home and, yep. and, and feed yourself and be comfortable than going to the actual event. You know, and I know things have been tried like free Wi-Fi and better scoreboards and um, you know giveaways and whatnot. So it's it's always a it's always a fight for people who are putting on those events to garner people to come in and watch it. So so with yep. with it being college sports and all the craziness going on. <laughs> is i'm really gonna go down a road here is there any (laughs) chances of like nil
1: (laughs) well see that's again esports is a different beast because you have these 14 15 16 year olds who already have the name image likeness from twitch they're already bringing in money before Hmm. they even leave high school i mean some of these kids are making, <laughs> making more money than IJB and they're just playing video games. So it's incredibly different from uh, that perspective where the money's already coming in before they arrive at college. Putting the M on in some instances doesn't get them more fame or doesn't help them out because they've already built that. So I don't know, to be honest, how NIL would come into play when it already kind of exists in this space.
2: So in, in some shape and form their influencers
1: very much so very much so if they're not influencing by having a twitter and an insta and putting their persona out there and tying it to clips and tiktok and stuff they're not maximizing the potential of their growth
2: boy this every time i ask a question and get an answer i get more and more <laughs> questions this is i have to say doug this is I kind of knew it would be mind blowing, but it is very mind blowing in, in a lot of senses. For you know, I'm, you know, I hit University of Minnesota campus in 1980. The big thing was was to go to an event on campus, and you know, if there was a computer, what the the biggest thing was the Oregon Trail. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. But, you know, I it's just, you know, and and you you, like you talk about you watch your kids playing. How do you feel about your kids playing video games?
1: I mean, I'm 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 mixed, right, because I grew up playing video games. I love it. Now it's part of what I do for my work. So I see a lot of the benefits, but I'm also old school. I grew up you know, uh, tearing my radio flag or radio flyer down the hill at, you know, 15 miles an hour and crashing or mm-hmm. doing night games or doing those things. So I want my kids to be kids also. Uh, but it's tough because right. that's what their peers are doing. Uh, you know, right. I'm like, Hey, you want to go throw the football around? I like, nah, uh, my friend, my friend's online. He wants to game with me right now. And it's like, okay, well, if it's between hanging out with your friends online or hanging out with dad, I mean, I, I guess I see why you're choosing your friends, but I still would rather go toss the old pigskin with you. So it's, it's, it's tough to be honest. It's, it's unlike like there, when I had talked to my wife about it, like my parents didn't have to deal with this. Cause we didn't have a computer screen right. in our hand that could just do anything and give us all the answers to life questions. And so we're kind of just figuring out our own way and trying to just like with everything balance. JB.
2: <laughs> right. And I'm, Gonna get personal with you for a quick second. How is Emily, right. how is Emily
1: doing? <laughs> She's fantastic. She's amazing. Emily is the best wife I could ever ask for. She's been so supportive with this esports stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't even I can't sing her praises enough. That's been a hard learning curve for me. Is you know, the working for the gophers, it's easy. Six AM, do right. my shift. I'm done by four PM. Esports. Is the opposite of that. These kids aren't even waking up till, you know, sometimes 10, 11, noon. And so a lot of the competition and practice doesn't start till 5 p.m. And they always want to meet. Like, when do you guys want to meet? Oh, let's meet around 6 or 7 p.m. It's like, oh, well, that's kind of my family time. Guys. <laughs> <Right>? So <laughs> esports, it just has very different hours of operation. So full circle, Emily's been um, just a saint and allowed me to help. for sports exceed on another level so i can't i can't say enough good things about her thanks for asking
2: well tell her i said hello hopefully she remembers who the heck i am but
1: well she remembers (laughs) i told her i said i'm going to talk
2: to jb She said, good luck (laughs) (laughs) everybody thinks i'm gonna be such a tough guy on the mic and i i i ask such softball questions you don't invite guests in the house to um And I learned this in my years at KQ. You don't invite guests on your mic to then turn around and try to stab them in the back. You know, you just don't. You don't build anything that way. It won't. last. I appreciate that. Yeah, it won't (laughs) last. So. um, Yeah. So now, do you have a greater or somewhat of an understanding of what the head coaches of our teams deal with and go through?
1: My goodness. Yes, I do. It has been a quite a steep learning curve. Uh, My IT job doesn't doesn't afford me a lot of interaction with uh, student athletes uh, as much as I'd like. And so getting to work with students has been awesome. But man, it is it's an eye opener. Uh, (laughs) Dating myself, it's been 20 years since I've been at the college age and felt, you know, those kind of priorities of a 20 year old and so trying to get myself back in that mindset is a uh, kind of a kind of a chore
2: <laughs> well it, it one thing it will do doug it'll keep you young
0: yep that's uh, for sure
2: my time there being a part of teams definitely kept me young and keeping in touch with those young people keeps me young so matter of fact i was at a training facility right before i before i got back and got on with you that's being run by sir moulton and uh, sam mackin two former softball players so uh went there to rep- repair a glove of the niece of mike Sheryl's of of all people so it's like <laughs> it never stops the 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 small world of, of things um but yeah i would assume that you would gain a greater understanding of how head coaches or coaches period juggle their private life and their coaching life
1: yeah yeah and in some ways i started off by trying to keep them separate but honestly like i said with the hours and stuff you you, you can't exist in a vacuum like that it all has to be kind of one big happy and so i'm putting on the Sport administrator hat, the coaching hat. I mean, any hat the team wants me to wear at this point, I, I'm wearing because there's not a lot of resources available. So it's very, you get, I, I very much get how coaches feel when they're like, I, you know, I don't care who does it. This is what the team needs. Let's just get it done. So right. I, I feel that pretty hard.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, so do you have, no. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have an equipment person? <laughs> Ober. Oh, you actually have one. <laughs> I, I was joking around, so you actually have one. <laughs>
1: uh, well, it's not dedicated, but honorary. Ober's, Ober's amazing.
2: Okay. <laughs> Tell her I'd say hello. I, <laughs> I I was totally just joking, but... Uh, But that that's good, too. So you got people looking for you. So you don't need an athletic medicine staff because there shouldn't be maybe, you know, thumb injuries or
1: whatnot. But I would guess. But. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, a lot of people say that just like you said it very jokingly. And, and I, I get it, right? You're sitting there and you're like, how can someone possibly get injured? But what people don't understand is you're just staring at a screen, right. racking your brain, mm-hmm. uh, concentrating at 200% uh, for like 15 minutes straight. And the amount of like mental focus it requires and the, the there is – a lot of teams, there are a lot of teams who have a, a trainer, a fitness person, a nutritionist. I mean, again, going back to the similarities between traditional sports, uh, it's it's very similar. I would argue that you're not testing the human body to its physical limits as much, but the mind even more so. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that isn't super common, but I, I'm not going to say that it's not out there at all either.
2: So let me ask you this. Uh, I asked about N- NIL. Is Transfer Portal a worry? <laughs> 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 I, I'm half joking, but half like, my God, all the crap. You know, my last three years there, Doug, when I left in two, 2019, we were really starting to ramp up Transfer Portal and and, and just touching NIL. And I was like, what is this (laughs) is is it time for is it time for me to go (laughs) because it's like do i really want to be around you know because it was really changed it would had already started to change how coaches were interacting with me
1: right right no i mean it's it's definitely a legit question to ask and you, you peaced out at the right time, man. College athletics is crazy right now. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but no, to, to your question, it is, it is happening. And in, in the same kind of yucky ways that it's happening at the collegiate NCAA level, where you, you have some teams where, you know, they're taking players and, and they're building dynasties and winning championships over and over and where this is happening, is at small schools, which is unfortunate because I think that hurts esports. Um, one thing that I think that is limiting the growth of esports is that it's currently being dominated by these D three, D two schools who put money into esports mm-hmm. to increase enrollment to recruit. Right, right. University of Minnesota, like I said, 70,000 enrollees. We don't have that need, so. Small schools dominating the space. They're not getting the big money contracts. Esports not growing as it could. I'm looking to try and change that.
2: But I, my wildest dream, esports transfer portal. My God, (laughs) my God. (laughs) But I mean, it's the same thing, you know. But in reverse, where the smallest colleges have to guard against, they don't. It's getting to a point now, Doug, where smaller Schools don't want to play the bigger schools because they're fearing that some kid may shine and then be gone off their roster the next year because some some bigger school is like, hey, that kid could really help us. You know? The opposing team just <laughs> poaches the players. <laughs> That's right. And I mean, it's and it, and you hear stories. It's happens. It's happening. Wow. And it's it it's more basketball than any other sport but football is starting to happen and and i guess baseball also and softball where it's like you know you play those minor teams because you have to fill you know a a schedule Mm -hmm. and some kid goes off in basketball for 20 points against you or 25 points and you go so if that kid's doing that to us what could he if he came here and we coached him up, what could he do against another school? You know, mm-hmm. that's, the, and that's where you hear the term tampering. But um, so with this, do you have any guard lines against tampering or anything like that?
1: I mean, thankfully, we don't have to worry about that too much yet, right? These these kids are not on scholarship. They're invested. They're living here. They're already on their way to their degree. And so uh, we haven't risen to the level yet where it just makes more sense to leave and go to another school and give up all that you would have here at Minnesota. So, no, we don't have anything in place yet to prevent that, but also we don't we don't really, again, have... The high caliber players that will be poached by, you know, the number one school in the nation, either. Well,
2: let me. This is, and if you don't want to answer it, I totally understand. Um, do some esports directors or head coaches, czars, whatever they're called, get paid? Or is it just to, total volunteerism?
1: No, they are they are getting paid Um, some of them not that much uh i'd say it really depends on where esports lives Too, it's different across the country some of it's under rec well some of it's under student life and for us here at minnesota right i'm out of athletics and so uh if it's under uh you know a student life there's other funds that can be appropriated to that position hey this is a student club thing let's pay this person uh esports directors (laughs) are a lot like uh, social media workers in that you're wearing the esports director hat, you're doing all the jobs. Uh, you're not getting what a, a football is or a basketball. So you kind of got to fake it on all the levels and pretend that you have the staffing, you know, the backing, the support, and just kind of fake it till you make it. So I'd say that, yes, they're getting paid, but uh, not, not nearly what they should be for the work that's being asked of them now.
2: Well, you always hear this term now. And this is part of the reason why there's been such uh, realignment in college athletics, because the presidents have figured out that they can use their athletic department to actually recruit math students or uh, other the big chemistry kid out there. If, you know, if the kid gets to see the University of Minnesota, football program on tv and then see the ad for the university of minnesota and there's a term analogy for it called the being the front porch of the uh, university so is can esports become part of that or are they are they the side door or are they the
1: back door at this point i would say yeah i'll take that side door back door definitely <laughs> not front porch but again i look at the minnesota you know, the ticket holders are fan base and it's a lot different looking than the esports fan man base, you much younger crowd and, and, and different, different vibes. And so, you know, I think you're accurate back door, side door, what have you, it's gonna, it's gonna draw interest from other groups that may not be paying attention to gopher sports or traditional sports. So, and that's kind of what I'm aiming for. So, um,
2: Can um, can or will there, or is something you hope that doesn't happen, can uh, betting p- play a part in this?
1: Gamble? Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure. I think I have seen some esports betting stuff stood up recently. <laughs> I think uh, it's tough to say. It, it's you know it's one of those things where. It, it creates hype. It, it attracts more people, but you know, a lot of people feel indifferent about gambling and there's a lot of mixed opinions. And so I think it, it's good and bad. I don't, I don't feel one way or the other about betting on esports, to be honest. Okay.
2: But is it, does it happen?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Yes, it does. Yep. <laughs> uh,
2: when I was a teenager, so we're talking about 50 <laughs> years ago. Um, uh, 40 50 years ago there was a movie called Rollerball, and it was supposed to be the future of all sports because they it was roller derby style basketball with football equipment on <laughs> so <it> incorporor- intense <laughs> so it incorporated all these different sports and um it was trying to make the statement that this is where sports were going in the future. Forty years from now, can we see uh, live, in-person sports disappearing? The things on the court of battle disappearing and being replaced by uh, eSports, where you have 11 people having controllers be in your offense and a different 11 people being your defense could could esports be heading in that direction
1: not as a total excuse me not as a total replacement no because esports can't replicate uh some of the in person the best things about sports and I'm, and I'm putting on my gopher sports hat here, right? I'm thinking about some of the coolest moments in collegiate basketball or the experiences you have in the final five seconds of a, of a hockey game in overtime, right? Sitting next to someone that you like. And so uh there's always going to be people who want to be, you know, physically athletic and, and, and be more aggressive and, and Get rough and tumble and whatnot, and esports provides none of that. So I think it's, it's a, it's always going to exist. It's going to continue to grow, but it's by, it's in no way going to be the end to traditional sports. There's too many, there's too much tradition there, and it, it just, it, it scratches a different itch with the human body and athleticism and being fit and healthy. And so I don't think it's going to replace it ever.
2: Well. <clears throat> This is your chance to critique me, Doug. How were my questions? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought they were great. They were they were um I know, they were not too difficult. I didn't feel like I fumbled over too many of the answers and I feel like you asked all the pointed ones that someone new who wants to understand what is esports uh, ought to be asking. So no, I thought they were great. So
2: with my last question, is there anything I missed or anything that you want to tell our, our audience about
1: esports? Uh just I would be remiss if I didn't plug esports. So you can follow us. Uh you know, we're on Twitter, uh, Twitter slash Go for and we have our own website, go for We'll be broadcasting this Sunday. Our Rocket League team's gonna try and qualify for CRL, and that's the best teams in collegiate across the nation. We've tried couple years now haven't qualified mm-hmm. so hopefully third time's a charm uh, but that's really it it's just uh, my gopher esports pitch
2: all right well again you want to give that uh, website where uh, they can get information and see you
1: guys sure so gopher is our website and from there You can find a link to the discord if you want to come chat with the community meet some of the players and uh, students i was talking about you can find our youtube there there's old matches and highlights uh, and then our twitter a lot of clips uh cool goals from rocket league and other stuff um pictures from the media day that jb was referencing earlier so that's probably our most active social media platform and um we're about to get a, a TikTok and an Instagram, the uh, young young lady in that picture who you referenced. She's mm-hmm. our social, social media manager for Gopher Esports, so she is killing it. Uh, shout out to you, Melanie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's good. You always want to make sure to take care of people that take care of you. That's right. One last thing, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this. Have you had a crave lately?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go
2: there. For people who don't know, Doug, myself, and another friend of ours, uh, Lumpy Lindquist, what was it, once every two months or so, one of us would have to buy White Castles for the group, (laughs) and we would sit there (laughs) and pound White Castles and solve all the world's problems. (laughs) So... (laughs) The good old days. days. (laughs) Somebody would walk by and go, I feel a crave.
1: (laughs) Somebody would walk by and smell something spunky.
2: (laughs) No, I'm talking about just to get the thought to the other two. Yeah, it's time to have a crave. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, surprisingly, I have. uh, You know, Emily, she's not about the crave. So the the last time she got out of town, went to Florida to visit her sister. I'm like, hey kids let's go get a sack of sliders (laughs) we did and uh turns out they love them so that'll be that'll be (laughs) something that we do with with dad only i guess
2: (laughs) right well the other thing you can introduce your squad to that too you can have a e-crave
1: oh yeah maybe not before a big competition but maybe the celebration (laughs) (laughs) celebration (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) Well, Doug, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I want to, as a gopher, thank you for your efforts in this. And uh, just want to tell you thanks and just keep grinding, man. I'm proud of you.
1: Thanks, JB. You know I will. Thanks for having me
2: on. It was awesome, man. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Doug Goon. Uh, your title again for eSports? Uh,
1: <laughs> Go for eSports lead.
2: Go for eSports lead and associate athletic director in charge of uh, uh, IT, as I would say it. And so here on the JB's low-tech podcast.
0: Wait a minute. Was that text you sent so important you missed your turn? So important you just ran a red light? Is that next text so important that you won't see the ball roll into the street and the child chasing it? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Please remember that having your eyes off the road for as little as four seconds equals 100 yards. That's the length of an entire football field. And when your eyes are off the road that long, anything can happen. If you need to text, please pull off the road. Texting and driving isn't worth it. It's against the law, and it may cause serious injury to you or others, or even death. That's more important than anything you'll text. Please don't text and drive. I hope you're never hurt in a collision, but if you are, please contact
1: us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com.
0: Working harder, going farther, with Mike Bryant on your side. Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. Feel it coming in
2: the air,
0: and the I'm ready. It's a dangerous S-sup. love affair. Can't be scared when goes down. Got a problem, tell me S-sup. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who run this town tonight. Stop. Stop. going Stop. 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 Stop.
2: Stop. 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 And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast to put a bow on this episode. I have to tell you, I learned a lot. A lot of my questions were in jest uh not trying to be funny or, or be rude to Doug, but I didn't I had no clue that there was a lot of similarities between What's going on in eSports and what's going on, you know, on the field, on the court, on the pitch. So, uh, if you get a chance, check them out. Again, you don't know what's going to happen next here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. It can be an interview or it could just be a JB doing a 45-minute rant on his quick hits. Either way, I want you to continue to listen Tell a friend, press the like click the like button, and as always, keep listening to the JB's Low Tech Podcast.
1: J B is my name, and fing up motherfuckers is my game. Negro, black, African
2: American
0: black, black, black. Django, J B. Damn. Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know. J.V., our great Negro sex machine.